as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at a very, very familiar passage of scripture. It may be, if not John 3.16, my text today is the most well-known passage in all of the Bible, and it's the 23rd Psalm. I'm sure that I have preached on this before, but I don't ever remember. Actually, I'm not saying here, I'm saying in the history of my ministry, I'm not sure I ever preached a message on the 23rd Psalm. Probably did, but do not recall it. But I want to read it to you this morning from the New Living Translation. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This morning for a few moments I want to talk to you about the shepherd and his sheep. The shepherd and his sheep. Father, I thank you for the incredible presence of of the Holy Spirit that is in this room today. God, I believe that you want to do something incredible in our hearts and in our lives at the end of this service as well as through the ministry of the word today. God, again, I ask for your anointing, your enabling today. Father, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear the word of God. And God, I pray that we will not just be hearers, but God, we will take to heart the word of the Lord today. Father, we will leave this place having the word of God impacting and changing us from the inside out. All of these things we ask and we believe you for in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. Well, we understand that Psalm 23 is a metaphor, or it is a comparison. It is a comparison between a literal shepherd and his sheep, and Jesus as the shepherd over his people. The characteristics and actions of a literal shepherd are similar to those of Jesus towards his followers. So so this morning we're going to take a look at both the shepherd and the sheep because both the shepherd and the sheep are talked about in Psalm 23. First of all, we're going to take a look at the shepherd. We're going to take a look at the shepherd. Psalm 23 gives us much insight about the shepherd. Now, I'm sure there are much more, but I, I, I quickly found five things that we can learn about the shepherd as we look closely at Psalm 23. The first thing that I discover about the shepherd in this passage is that he is a personal shepherd. 
He is a personal shepherd. Notice David said in verse 1, the Lord is my. Say my. my. David said the Lord is my shepherd. He, not merely a shepherd, but my shepherd. You see, true shepherds know their sheep, and their sheep know them. I heard Pastor Charles Stanley tell about being in the Holy Land many years ago. And he said he was sitting there drinking coffee, and he noticed two shepherds with their flocks. And these two shepherds met together. And he said he watched as the two flocks of sheep began to mingle together so that now the two flocks are one flock. Dr. Stanley said, I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. Because he said he watched them as the two separate flocks came together making one giant flock. And he said, I began to wonder, how in the world are they going to separate these sheep and get them back with their own flock and with their own shepherd? He said, I watched as these two shepherds, as they, as they talked together, as they visited together. He said, about 45 minutes, maybe an hour goes by. He said, I've got to stay. I've got to watch. I've got to see what in the world. How are they going to separate these flocks. Finally, the two shepherds were finished visiting. And Charles Stanley says that he watched as one of the shepherds took off in a certain direction away from the sheep. And he said he watched as the shepherd called out to his sheep. And Charles Stanley said that this shepherd... His sheep and only his sheep separated themselves from the others and took off after their shepherd. Dr. Stanley said it was one of the most incredible sights he had ever seen. David said, the Lord is my Shepherd. He didn't just say, the Lord is a shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He is a personal shepherd. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is our personal shepherd. Jesus said in John 10 and 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Truth of the matter is, Jesus wants to develop a relationship with each and every one of us here today. He doesn't just want to be our Savior today. He doesn't just want us to use Him as some kind of a fire escape to get out of the, the, out of the fires of hell. But God wants an intimate relationship with every one of us. He wants us to let Him into every single part of our lives. But here's what I know this morning, and that is relationships don't just happen automatically. Here's what I know, relationships take time and they take effort. Here's what I know this morning, relationships are formed intentionally. And let me tell you that we get to know God personally by spending time in His presence. 
See, see, we cannot build a relationship with God by just popping into church one, two, three times a month and going through a service. God becomes personal to us as we take part in worship. He becomes personal to us as we spend time reading His Word. He becomes personal to us as we develop a consistent prayer life. And as we learn to tune in to God throughout our day. Did you know that you can learn to tune in to God throughout your day? Now I understand that God is everywhere. There is nowhere, anywhere in the universe that you can go that God is not there. God is everywhere. But God does not reveal himself everywhere. Even though he is everywhere, yet his manifest presence, he does not, he does not reveal himself everywhere. But I've learned that you can learn to tune in Amen. to the presence of God. I can be going through my day and it's just an average day and I'm just doing average and ordinary things when all of a sudden, all of a sudden I sense there is something. Oh, for me many times it's when I'm driving down the, uh, the highway in my automobile all by myself, nobody's there. And all of a sudden I sense the presence of someone from another world that comes into my car and sits right beside me. We need to learn to practice the presence of God. Learn to, to understand that we can tune in, that we can be sensitive to the, to the Spirit of God and sensitive to the presence of God. Yes. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus wants to be your personal shepherd this morning. He doesn't want you to just know about Him, but He wants you to know Him personally. But not only did David say that the Lord was a personal shepherd, a shepherd, he also said that he was a peaceful shepherd. A peaceful shepherd. In verse 2, David writes, My shepherd lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Let me suggest that peace comes to us when we follow the shepherd. And peace leaves us when we choose to go our own way. Well, I want you to notice this comparison this morning. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 20 and 21. The Bible says, but the wicked, the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. There is no peace, says the Lord, to the wicked. Notice the comparison. Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What is your gift? He goes on to say, I, have, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind Amen. and heart. Hallelujah. And the peace, Jesus says, that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. Amen. Therefore, do not be troubled nor Afraid. Now, now let me tell you this morning that it's not that God won't lead us into troubling situations. Sometimes he does. But here's what I, I know about God from experience. Get ready to write this down. This is worth writing down and remembering this morning. Here's what I want you to know this morning. If God leads you to it, 
He will also lead you through it. I want to say that again this morning. That's pretty good. If God leads you to it, He will also lead you through it. And I believe this morning, and as I was putting this message together, uh, I just sensed in my heart, I sensed in my spirit that somebody would be here today. And I believe that somebody is here this morning and you are struggling with your situation. And even though you are struggling with your situation, yet, yet you prayed about your situation before you made your decision. And although you prayed about your decision before you made it, although you were absolutely sure in your heart that God was leading you in this decision, even though all of that, yet peace is absent in your heart and nothing is seeming to work out for you like you thought it ought to and the way you thought it would. Well, I believe this morning that God has a word for you today. I don't know who it is this morning, but get ready this morning. I believe that God has a word for somebody here today, somebody that is struggling in their situation, somebody that is struggling in what they're going through, somebody that don't understand because they prayed about it, uh, they sought God about it, they fasted about it, uh, they sought counsel about it, they felt good about their decision, and yet, and yet it's not working out like they thought it was going to work out for them. The word of the Lord to you this morning is, Hold steady. I believe it's a prophetic word this morning for somebody here. And the word is hold steady. The word is do not abandon abandon the situation. I don't know if it's this service, second service, people in both services, but it's a word from the Lord. And the word is hold steady. The word is do not abandon the situation. Because Jesus, your personal shepherd, wants you to rest. Oh, he wants you to rest today in green meadows. He wants you to be refreshed today in the peaceful streams of the Holy Spirit. All right, we're taking a look at the characteristics of the shepherd today as revealed in Psalm 23. But not only is our shepherd a personal shepherd and a peaceful shepherd, but Psalm 23 also tells us that he is a purposeful shepherd. A purposeful shepherd. Verse 3, he guides me. Say guides. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Now, now we hear a lot these days, and you hear a lot from this pulpit uh, on this subject, but we hear a lot these days about discovering your purpose. And I believe that we ought to hear a lot about discovering our purpose. But if we are not careful, we will turn this into something selfish like we tend to do just about everything. You see, the thing that we need to understand most about our purpose, it's not really our purpose. It's His purpose. You you see, most people want to discover their purpose in life in order... For them to be happy. Because we've told them you can't be happy outside of your purpose. And so they want to discover their purpose so they can be happy. Or we tell them you'll never be totally fulfilled until you discover your purpose. And so they want to discover their purpose so they can be fulfilled. We tell them you'll never be truly satisfied unless you uh, understand and, and, and pursue your purpose. And so they want to find out what their purpose in life is so that they can be satisfied. See, we even turn this wrong. We even make it selfish. We want to discover our purpose so we can be happy, so we can be fulfilled, so we can be satisfied. And yet what we don't understand is that it's really not our purpose at all. It is God's purpose. It is His purpose for us. 
Now, now understand, discovering and fulfilling our purpose in life will do all of these things that I'm glad and grateful and thankful for it. But the actual purpose for our purpose is to fulfill God's will in our lives. And God's ultimate purpose and God's ultimate will for our life is to bring honor to Him. See, that's our whole life. Our entire life is wrapped up in one thing and one thing only, and that is bringing honor to our Heavenly Father. Verse 3 says, He leads me along right paths. Notice, bringing honor to His name. So here's the question of the hour this morning. The question is, is what you are spending most of your life on bringing honor to God? Because if what you are doing in your life is not bringing honor to God, you are not in the will of God. Because the perfect will of God for you is to bring honor to God. Are you honoring God at work? Or are you like a chameleon lizard that changes colors to fit into its present surroundings? Do you know how to fit in at church? You know when to stand. You know when to raise your hands. You know when to shout hallelujah. You know what to do and what not to do. You know how to look and how to fit in. But you also know how to fit in at work. Are you honoring God with your testimony? Or do you just go along to get along? Do you honor God with your resources? Or do you use them all up? On yourself. The fourth characteristic of a shepherd in Psalm 23 is you'll find him to be a protecting shepherd. Verse 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort. See, too many people have a wrong perception of God. They, they, they see God as this giant bully in the sky, holding a big old giant club in his hand, waiting with joyous anticipation, waiting, just cannot wait till we mess up so he can beat us up with his giant club. When I was a kid growing up, they used to sing an old song, there's an all-seeing eye watching you, watching you, watching you. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. And as a little boy, I could just visualize this big old giant eyeball following me around. I look over my shoulder, here's this giant eyeball. Just following me around, watching you, watching you. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. And I could just imagine God and this giant eyeball everywhere I go, whatever I do. If it's not God, it's Mama <laughs> or Daddy. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing them. Well, I'm really not. <laughs> and too many people, that's, that's, 
the way they see God. And they see in Psalm 23, the shepherd with his staff just can't wait to beat the sheep. That's not what it's all about. See, we need to see God not as some tyrant bully in the sky who cannot wait to pounce on us. No. No, we need to see Him as a gentle shepherd leading us along. Watching us? Yes. Yes. All seeing eye? Yes. But watching like a shepherd. Watching His sheep. Listen, get this this morning. Man, this is good. I might even buy the CD this morning. His rod. Now get this. Wow. Are you ready to get this? His rod and his staff is not to beat us with. That's not the purpose of the rod and the staff. Not to beat us with. His rod is used to beat off predators. That's what the shepherd had the staff for, was to beat off the predators. The wolf. The lion. Whatever it was. He used his rod to beat off any predator that would seek to harm his sheep. And his staff, his staff had a big crook on the end of it. And the reason that had a crook on the end of it was so when the sheep got too far away, he could reach out, put that crook around his sheep, and pull it back to him. The rod and the staff, not to beat us with, but to beat up the predators that would try and steal us away. From God. Notice the last characteristic of the shepherd that I see in Psalm 23. The psalmist says that God is a providing shepherd. A providing shepherd, verse 5 and 6. David says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The shepherd provides for all of the needs of his sheep. Notice these words and these phrases in these two verses. A feast. A feast. Overflowing cup of blessings. Goodness and unfailing love pursuing me. Oh, let me encourage you today. Look behind you. Goodness and unfailing love is catching up, it's pursuing you. Notice these verses Psalm 84 and 11. The Bible says, The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And Philippians 4 19, we all know that by heart. My God shall supply all your needs. And he's going to do it according unto his riches and glory. And he's going to do it through Christ Jesus. Jesus is our providing 
shepherd. All we have to do is take a quick look in our Bible and very quickly we will see how dependable God is to meet the needs of his people. Doesn't matter what the need is, God is ready to meet the need. Uh, you know, when the children of Israel were thirsty, God, God provided water for them out of a rock. When they were hungry, the Bible says that God provided manna. Bread, just, you know, vanilla wafers, just, just. My mother eats ginger snaps and coffee every morning for breakfast. Well, you know, if, Mom, if you were part of the children of Israel, you'd have vanilla wafers. And every morning, every morning, all they had to do was get up. All they had to do was go gather it. It was there, available for everyone. The Bible says that God provided all of their needs. The Bible says that, that, that God even made their shoes to last 40 years. 40 years of wandering in the desert and their shoes didn't wear out. Now, if you think that's a miracle, let me tell you a bigger miracle than that. And that is that God convinced the ladies to wear those shoes for 40 years. <laughs> Not my wife. I, I, I think my wife actually scuffs hers on purpose so she can go get new shoes. <laughs> He's a providing shepherd. The Bible says that God provided Elijah, the prophet. The Bible says that Elijah, the prophet, God sent ravens. Ravens are buzzards. <laughs> And the buzzards brought him breakfast. I, I've eaten with a few buzzards before. <laughs> the Bible says that 5,000 hungry families were fed out of a little lad's lunch because, because the Lord is our providing shepherd. And I could stand up here all day and talk to you about how God miraculously took care of me and my family and in our ministry. I, especially in those, those early pastoral days, uh, we just had a handful of people. And our first church, you could count the adults, and that's how much the offering would be because they all brought a dollar, and that was the offering. So if there were 12 that day, the offering was $12. If, they were, if it was a big Sunday and 15 were all there, the offering would be $15, and that was what we lived on. I mean, that was the start <laughs> of what we lived on. But, but I, I could tell you, and I don't have time this morning, but I, I, could, I can tell you several times money would come in the mail. With my name on it. From people I never heard of. To this day, 40 years later, I still don't know who in the world they are. I can't wait to get to heaven and find out who it was. Sometimes I went to the mailbox three, four times. But it was the difference in us making it or not. He, prov- he didn't provide through those 15 little widow ladies. He didn't, he didn't provide for us through them, but he provided. 
I could tell you about asking God for an exact amount that I needed to pay my bills. And I could tell you how that God took several different people uh, and used them to put the money in my hands to pay my bills. But when I, and I did, at the end I totaled it, at all, totaled it all up and it was exactly what I prayed for. I could tell you and have told you about another time when I asked God for for a thousand dollars that I needed and I went and preached for a pastor that I had never met in my life and after I preached he got up and I'd asked the Lord for a thousand dollars I didn't say a word to him after the service he got up to take the offering and he said God just told me that that this preacher needs a thousand dollars he took the offering and at the end of the end of the night he handed me a check for a thousand dollars Exactly what I needed, exactly what I prayed for. See, our shepherd is a providing shepherd. He knows what we need and he is able to provide us with what we need. But I want us to be very cautious here. I want to remind you, Philippians 4.19 says, God shall supply all your need. Say need. Need. He didn't say greed. (laughs) Wow. All right, we've talked a little bit about the shepherd. Now let's talk a little bit about the sheep. Because you see, not only does Psalm 23 talk about the shepherd, it also gives us some insight about the sheep. Two things very quickly about the sheep this morning. I want us to notice, first of all, I want us to notice the trust. The trust. Verse 1, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. See, if the Lord is truly our shepherd, then we have all that we need. He is all we need. We used to sing a song years ago, he's all I need. Jesus is all I need. Another way to say this would be all of my needs are supplied by the Lord who is my shepherd. You see, sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd for their provision. And they rely on the shepherd to lead them to green meadows to eat and lead them to peaceful streams to drink from. They rely on their shepherd to protect them from the predators that would devour them. Sheep are dependent and defenseless. That's the bad news. The good news is they have a loving shepherd who takes care of them. Jesus called his followers sheep and he called himself a shepherd. That that being said, why, why don't we trust our shepherd? Why don't we place our our total faith and trust and confidence in Him? Why do we continually take matters into our own hands? Why do we continually try and make things work out? Why do we kick doors open that need to remain shut? Why do we try and do everything all by ourselves? Proverbs 3 and 5 says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Babby Mason, whoever that is. I don't know who it is, but I love what Babby Mason said. You know who, she, who that is? All right. Who is it? A singer. She. Babby Mason, the singer. She said, and it's incredible what she said. She says, God is too wise to make a mistake. Too good to be unkind. 
So when you don't understand his hands, trust his heart. Wow, that's good, isn't it? Sure glad I didn't try and pull that off as me saying that because some of y'all knew who that was. <laughs> See, that's what us preachers do. We say, we say, Babby Smith said, or no, what, who is it? Babby what? Who is it? Babby Mason? Babby Mason said. <laughs> Next time we preach it, we say, somebody said. <laughs> Next time we preach it, we say, as I've always said. That's what Babby Mason said, the singer, the lady. God is too, God is, I gotta call you back to this. God is too wise to make a mistake, too good to be unkind. So when you cannot understand his hands, trust his heart. When I, when I, when I come across that and I saw that, I thought, wow, wow. I said to myself, this is the key. This is the key to trusting God, knowing his heart. Knowing his heart. See, see if, we, if we truly knew the heart of God, it would be a whole lot easier for us to trust him. Amen. I don't remember who it was, but some time ago, it was years ago, but I was talking to someone one time, and, they, and in the midst of the conversation, they told me, said, your wife said, and then they told me, what my wife said. I said, no, she didn't. This person says, yes, she did. I said, no, she didn't. This person said, how do you know? I said, because I know my wife. And this is not something that she would say. You see, after nearly 41 years of marriage, I know her heart. I know what's in it. And I know what's not in it. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And because I knew her heart, and what they said came out of her mouth did not match what was in her heart, I knew she didn't say it. And there was no way under God's blue heaven I was going to let that person say that my wife said that because I knew she didn't. Now, I was nice as long as I could be nice. Bulldog didn't even growl till he had to. Later, I knew the answer, but later I asked my wife. I said, did you say such and such to so and so? She said, what? No. I said, I know you didn't. Let me say this again this morning. This is good. The key to trusting God is knowing his heart. If, if we truly know God's heart, then we will have an easier time trusting his hands. Two keys about the sheep. Number one, the trust. The second thing I want us to notice is the test. Verse 4 and 5 talks about the test. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid, for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows 
with blessing. The truth of the matter is the sheep will be tested. The truth of the matter is the shepherd will lead you to and through some very scary places. David uses the phrases darkest valley and presence of my enemies. Not color coating it here, sugar coating it here. There's some very scary places, darkest valley and presence of enemies. These are places where our, our trust will be tested. Here's what we need to remember this morning. The key to security is to stay close to the shepherd. Amen? Can I tell you which sheep get snatched by the wolf? It's the one that is following too far behind. It's the one who strays from the flock. But the one that snuggles up close to the shepherd, that's the one that's safe. His rod and his staff can only protect the sheep only if the sheep are close enough to him for his rod and his staff to reach. And so it is with you and so it is with me this morning. The enemy of our soul snatches up those who stray away from the flock. Those who allow themselves to drift too far from the shepherd and too far from the flock. The closer we get to Jesus, the more secure we are. The further away from Him we get, the more vulnerable and accessible to the enemy of our soul that we get. And this is, why, oh, this is why we need to be consistent in our prayer life. This is why we need to be consistent in our Bible reading. This is why we need to be consistent in our church attendance. Because the truth is we are all creatures of habit. You know why I got fat? Because I developed a habit of eating anytime I wanted. Anytime I desired anything, wanted anything, felt the tug of hunger pains, I ate. You know why I'm not fat now? Because I developed a new habit. I don't eat every time I'm hungry. I don't eat every time a snicker bar calls my name. Like I can't remember the last time I had a snicker bar. I actually got one at a golf tournament, and it's in the freezer now, and that golf tournament was two months ago. I'm going to eat it someday. I ate till I was full. You eat till you're full. 15 minutes later, you're over full. And if you eat till you're over full, 15 minutes later, you are miserable. So I don't eat till I'm full anymore, except yesterday at Babes. <laughs> I eat till I'm okay, knowing that 30 minutes later, I'll be full. Why don't why this habit do anything? It's habit. It's habit. Amen. You know why some of you here every service? I know you love Jesus, but part of it's habit. Sunday is your day to go to church. What we, what we get in the habit of doing, we do it. Amen. You know? I was, I borrowed some irons from Chad, and I was pumping those irons, you know, and I was, you know, I was pumping those every day. 
We had company come over and I had to take them out of the living room and put them in the closet. They had never come out of the closet. Because <laughs> they're not there for me to see. It's habit. It's habit, 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 habit. That's why we need to get into a habit of reading our Bible every day, praying every day. Amen. Habit of coming to church. Because whatever we do on a regular basis, well, we, it's, we're just going to do it because we're creatures of habit. Let me tell you what. You stop reading your Bible two or three days and you'll just stop reading it all together. You stop praying, you'll stop, stop praying all together. You miss two or three Sundays, amen, and you'll just fall out. Amen. Hallelujah. You will. Worship team anywhere around this morning? Round them up. Come on up. Amen. The more we do something, the easier it is to continue doing it, whether it be something good or something bad. On the other hand, the longer we stop doing something, the easier it is to not do it, whether that be good or whether that be bad. So there you have it this morning. The shepherd and his sheep is found in Psalm 23. Would everyone stand with me this morning, please? Father, I just pray today that uh, the word that has been shared today, well, there's been some really good nuggets in this message today. Not bragging on myself. It's your word, God. It's your word. God, I just pray that you'll help us today. Help us with your word today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed.